This is the Improve Photography Podcast, episode number 214. This episode is brought to you by Backblaze. What's Backblaze? It's unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs. You can back up all your files for just five bucks a month. You can even get a 15-day free trial. Just make sure to visit backblaze.com slash improve so they know where he came from and to keep and supporting the show. Start protecting all of your most important files today. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast, your weekly dose of photography knowledge delivered straight in your earbuds. Today, I am only seven days away, less than seven days away from traveling down to Phoenix for the first ever Improved Photography Conference. We're going to have some great speakers there, not the least of which are Jeff Harmon and Nick Page, who are on the show with me today. Hey, guys. Hello. How's it going? Uh, I, I know you guys are excited. I'm excited to, to uh, hear your presentations and everything we have uh, prepared for that. We're going to be talking a lot more about that in the following weeks of the podcast. I am fresh off a trip from Ireland. It was awesome. Met up with some Improved Photography Plus members there and shot all over the place. We had a major storm go through. It, it was one of the craziest weeks of shooting ever, but I'm going to save that because Latitude, the travel photography podcast, is being released next week, and I'm going to do an episode of that uh, about that trip. So let's jump right in. Um, let's Let's start with the... Sony RX100. Have you guys checked out this camera? I can't say that I have. I can't I, say that. I took a brief look at it when I saw you got one. It's interesting. I did not expect to be buying a pocket camera <laughs> in 2017. <laughs> I just did not expect that to be happening. Uh, but with the problem that I was having is I'm doing a lot more with YouTube and, and, and vlogging, and I wanted something that had actually decent image quality. I end up using my iPhone a lot because it's what I have which is getting better. But the trouble is when you're like, you know, early in the morning shooting sunrise and stuff, it just doesn't work. And so you can either pack video lights to make the iPhone footage look good, or you could get a camera that just actually works well in low light. <laughs> so this is a one inch sensor. So it's significantly smaller than APS-C, but it's, you know, a lot bigger than something like a, than like a cell phone camera. And yep. The trouble that I've been having is when you're vlogging, you you need an LCD that gets into selfie mode. You know, you need something that can get uh, where you can see the LCD from, you know, from the position of the person that's that's being yeah. taken. I can't even talk. You guys know what I mean. You need, yeah, you want to be able to check your composition and make sure <laughs> you don't have anything in your teeth. You exactly. Know? I don't know how many videos I've recorded where I record the video and then I everything looks good. I go back to the camera after recording the whole tutorial and like the crop line was like across my nose. <laughs> it's like, dang it. So mm -hmm. I want something that I could see. I almost passed over this camera in the beginning because it, on the back, it looks like it's just a tilty LCD, but it tilts all the way up 180 so you can actually see yourself over the top of the camera. Uh, so really cool for that. So I want to just give you a very quick and dirty review. And if you guys have any questions, I can uh, tell you what I know about it so far. First of all, the image quality is truly impressive. I took uh, several photos, several still photos, just to kind of compare it with my serious camera as we were out shooting. And a couple of them ended up in being my favorites from the trip. Uh, they were on par with, uh, with the serious camera, as long as the light wasn't super dark. Uh, I mean, it's a one inch sensor. So, you know, I, you wouldn't want to do night photography with this, but sunrise, 
guys, yeah, it's good. It's gonna be it's gonna be just fine. Um, Does that the, mean it can do manual then? Yeah, you can do manual. The controls are, you know, it doesn't have great controls for doing manual, but they're okay. Uh, you know, you at least get your 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 mode dial on the top, and then you can kind of get into. Well, you don't even have right. to get into menus. You can just kind of move things around and use the scrolly wheel. Um, it, it's not super fast, but you can. Um, there's no touch screen. No touch screen. <laughs> uh, you can't release a camera in 2017 without a touch screen, especially a point and sheets, a point and shoot. So that was a little disappointing. And the batteries are small. They're worse than my Fuji for sure. Um, wow. it's also a little bit slippery to hold the edges. They need a little grip pad or something on it. Uh, but, and the other negative, we'll get all the negatives out of the way right away is pricey. This is not something it's expensive. It's almost a thousand bucks for a pocket Ooh. camera. Uh, it's an expensive guy, but it's a really popular camera. A lot of people are buying these, especially vloggers because it's small, really good 4k video. I mean, exceptional 4k video. I compared this to like my Canon G twenties and the video on this, you know, G 20 is a, you know, dedicated video camera that costs about the same. Um, and this little pocket cam makes significantly better video than the Canon G20. Um, so I was really happy about that. It's it's sharp. The, the problem with the pocket cameras usually is, one, the dynamic range is just blah. It's just terrible, and so it's tough to get a nice still from it. And... Uh, and two, they're never super sharp because the camera manufacturers want to advertise that 20 times zoom and stuff. <laughs> uh, I saw one this week that was 600 times zoom, insane. Um, and and so they're, they're not sharp. But this is just 10 to 20 times zoom um, or up to 20 times, uh, no, 10 times zoom. And it is, it's very sharp. I was really, 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 really happy with that. It also has USB charging. Do you guys have any cameras with USB charging? No. Uh, no. Well, my GoPros. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. GoPros. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, my yeah. GoPros, yeah. yeah. I really like it. I don't know what you guys think of it. Some people have been complaining about it because sometimes it's an excuse for the camera manufacturers to not give you a charger, <laughs> which is kind of cheap. <laughs> that's exactly But right. when you can charge the battery in the camera, it means when you're out on the go and stuff, you can just pop in a USB and you're good to go. You don't have to like, ah, for you forgot the charger at home, right. things like that. All the time I'll see somebody post on our uh, Facebook group for the Treasure Valley in, in Idaho here. And somebody mm -hmm. will say, I'm on a trip and I forgot my charger. Does anybody have a Canon charger? You got to rescue. And so it <laughs> solves that problem. You can just charge it right in the camera. Uh, yeah. So I really do like that. But it is a little cheap that they don't give you a, an additional charger with it. Uh, the menus do seem sensible, easy to navigate. Uh, and the other problem with it is the audio quality gets a C for me. Uh, it just sounds like you're in a tin can, not great audio quality. So Isn't that going to be the case, though, with any tiny little camera like that? Yeah, it probably is. I, It's a little worse than I'd expected. It's certainly worse than my iPhone, uh, the mm. audio quality. Uh, so I wasn't happy with that. Uh, that's important to me. But I do have my Tascam DR10L that's kind of a substitute anyway. Um, but but that was a letdown. So speaking of audio quality, does it have any kind of like audio input um, on the side of the camera or something where you can Fine. connect a microphone to it? Fine question. I have <laughs> not seen one. 
Let's just check it now. We got micro USB. Nope, don't see it. Mm. I don't see any mic in, but I don't know. For me, I don't do it that way anyway, because if it's if I'm going to be putting in different audio and stuff anyway, that means it's going to be an edited video and eh, it takes only a second to, to sync up the yeah. audio, but sure. but it would mm-hmm. be nice. Yeah. And also so, no, no normal hot shoe. Gotcha. So if you're using, what are some of the advantages for using this for vlogging as opposed to something like a GoPro? Uh, like I do a fair bit of vlogging and stuff now. And uh, my typical setup is either I'm like recording with a lav mic with one of those like Rode smart labs connected to my phone, or I have a, um, a Rode little micro shotgun connected to my GoPro. Yeah. Uh, is it, do you think the video quality is a whole lot better than a GoPro? Uh, you know, during the day, the difference you're going to notice is it's just not quite as, as distorted. Uh, GoPros are obviously have a lot of distortion mm-hmm. on them. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, in the morning and evening, which is when you'd be doing vlogging for photographers, it's a night and day difference in terms of really? image quality. You can you can actually see when you're shooting sunrise and stuff. Uh, cool. The video in dark conditions was very, very good. And, I mean, just generally, I'd say it's significantly sharper as well. It, 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 I've, I really am impressed with the image quality for a one-inch sensor. Nice. Overall, uh, cool camera, expensive sucker. But, uh, you know, if you're like, I, I guess who I would recommend this for is vloggers and anybody who's serious about traveling light. You know, you're going to Cancun with the family and you're like, hmm, I would like to shoot the lighthouse when we're out there too. Perfect. Uh, a replacement for DSLR for very few people. I, I don't think, I don't really think so. Maybe a street photographer um, could get away with uh, with this instead of a serious camera, no problem. Uh, but, you know, if you're a landscape guy, wildlife guy, portrait guy, nah, nah, not really. Hmm. All right. We also want to talk about the Canon WE-1 Wi-Fi <laughs> adapter. Jeff, this is something you purchased. Tell us first, why'd you pick this up? Yeah. So my objective was, um, I've been shooting high school basketball this season and I wanted to do, make it possible that I could share photos without, you know, during the game, I wanted it to to be able to Instagram out some photos during the game. And I was just taking a picture of the back LCD (laughs) to do that with my phone and then Instagramming that out. And that it was okay. Actually, you know, most of the people were just so glad to see a cool picture of their, their uh, players that, that didn't even bother him. Nobody said anything about it. They, they liked him, but I wanted to get better quality. So I thought I'd invest in this. It was a pretty modest investment. I think it was like $30. And um, so the first thing is it only works in the 7D Mark II, the 5DS and the 5DS R. Oh, cause it's taken up one of your SD slots, right? You need, and, and it's very specifically designed for those three cameras and the way that they are going to control that. Like it's not like, well, I'll just, I'll buy it and put it in a different camera. There's two slots. Even if you had two slots, it doesn't matter because you have to have firmware in the camera that will know how to use the card. Nice. So, so why, was, can you just use something like a... Oh, my mind just went blank. What's the alternative firmware I for find, Canon? Uh, no, no, no. Um, the alternative firmware. Oh, oh uh, a Magic Lantern. Magic, magic Lantern. Lantern. My, my mind so, just went blank. Can it, can it just Lantern replace this? Magic Lantern actually doesn't work with any three of those cameras either. They don't have Magic Lantern for the Canon 7. Oh, and market. it wouldn't do Wi-Fi anyway. Okay. Yeah. No. It needs yeah, there's no Wi-Fi in it. So, yeah, none of that would help. So, the 
right off the bat, what it makes me realize is this should have been trivial for them to put it in. <laughs> There's no reason that they couldn't put this little, I mean, they, they put this Wi-Fi chip inside of a, an SD card format that's super thin, super small. There had to have been a place to stick this in the camera. Yeah. And then all they had to do was do the firmware. I mean, this is ridiculous. There's no reason that they couldn't have put these things inside those bodies. Yeah, that really shows off just how small of <laughs> small of a space that Wi-Fi takes up. If it fits inside an SD card and probably only takes up like a third of it. Anyway, yeah, I, I think most of the SD card is just plastic around this little tiny chip. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've right. ever seen like the the Wi the Wi-Fi chip, the little adapter thingy, the little band in like a in a iPad or something, if you've ever replaced a screen or something, it is puny. And you, yeah. you can buy these parts if you want to like create your own computer or whatever. It's like a $20 part and it's this yeah. tiny little thing. They're cheap and it's just mind blowing to me that, it, that they aren't in more cameras. It, it just makes me wonder if in some board meeting at some point they, they said, we could put it in there and they said, no, no, we can make it an extra add-on for $30. Yes. Boom, more money. <laughs> We're printing our own, I don't know. So anyway, that was my goal. I wanted to, to use this. It was the only way that I knew to add Wi-Fi to my camera because I use a 70 Mark II. Um, it adds a new option to the setup menu on the camera. So that was another kind of ridiculous thing about it. It is literally, I think it's six clicks to make this work in the camera menu system. <sighs> <laughs> so, and it's its own product. You should just be able to slip it in and poof, it knows what to do. Yeah. So, and, and you can't use the camera while it's activated. And oh, that was whoa. one of my most frustrating things. So I'm shooting during the game and then I thought, oh, that was a good shot that I just got. I want to share that one it, like during a timeout or something. So then the timeout would come. I could barely get through the menu system to enable the Wi-Fi by the time the timeout was over for the bas in the basketball game and couldn't share during a timeout. I had to wait till halftime. And before we started recording, you, you said something about the reason that it's different from an iFi card is because it doesn't actually have any storage on it. There's so, no storage. So that would explain why it's only working with the 7D Mark II, the 5DS and 5DSR is because it has to be a two-slot system in order to work because the photos actually aren't on that card at all. They're on the other card that you have in, inserted, right? Right. Yep. So they, the photos <laughs> go to the CF card that I have in the other slot, and then the SD card is totally taken up by this little thing that you put in there. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, it was frustrating. Uh, it did allow me to share the photos uh, it, it, what it does then is it establishes this little Wi-Fi network around the camera, just like any Wi-Fi in a camera will do. So you, on your smartphone, you go, you go join that wireless network that it produces. You know, you can custom name it, so you can, it's easy to find. You join it, then you have to run the Canon Connect software on the phone to use the Wi-Fi, which I think is the same software used right. for any Wi-Fi that Canon does. And then the first time you connect to it, it's always a bigger pain than the future times. Right, right. right. Yeah, the very first time, which I'm glad I went through before I went to the game because if I would have had to go through that during the game, I wouldn't even have been able to use it the whole time. Right. It takes long enough and it's hard enough to set up, even though it's called, I think they call it Easy Connect. It's, yeah. <laughs> we do it's that funny. just with some kind of like evil grin. Uh -huh. you know? <laughs> Easy Connect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, That'll make uh, them buy. <laughs> so overall, what do you think? I mean, was this 
worth doing? Did it solve your problem? Well, or do you just kind of wish you would have just like written on an SD card and brought a laptop? Yeah. There's not a better way with the Canon 70 Mark II to do what I wanted to do. That's what it is. So iFi, I've had people say, well, why didn't you just buy an iFi? Wouldn't that do the same thing? And it's probably pretty close. The problem is iFi as a company has really struggled over recent times. Yeah. They've, uh, they've stopped supporting a lot of their products. It's not going well. So it's not a solution you can rely upon. I don't know how well I can rely upon this either, you know, whatever, but um, yeah, slightly better than taking a picture using your phone of the back LCD for sure, <laughs> which is not a very high bar, but, but <laughs> you know, the, the pain of it, like it was super easy. Mm-hmm. I could do that during timeouts. I could take yeah. a picture of the LCD and share it really fast during a timeout and, and have that work just fine. And the people weren't so much more impressed with it that I'm not sure it really ended up working out well. The other thing that I, I thought would be a, a deal and I didn't test it beforehand, but I have since was I thought I needed to record raw plus JPEG so that I could actually download just the JPEG version. Yeah, and you don't have to do that. And it actually ended up filling up my CF card so much faster (laughs) because of that. And I ran out of space at about uh, midway through the third quarter on my 8 gig CF card. So instead of sharing photos during every break in the game, I'm deleting deleting photos (laughs) as many bad ones as I could do the opposite of, of sharing photos. Right. So, so now I've learned, yeah, I only have to take the raws and it will pull the JPEG preview out of the raw for you as you pull it back and that all works. But it functionally, it works. There's no problem with that. You get the photo just like you would expect out to your phone. You can go do Lightroom stuff with it. All of that's there. And can you can you take control of your of your camera like you would? You, you can. You can control your camera while it's connected. You just can't use the manual controls on the camera or even switching it back, like to be disconnected to to go back. I either had to say on the phone, I want to disconnect now and get gain control over my camera again, or I had to turn the camera off mm. and back on to get gain control. It wasn't easy nice. to pick yeah. Well, so as a lot of people know that I shoot the 5D Mark IV now, and that's one of the things that I absolutely love about that camera is that the Wi-Fi function actually works really well. I mean, like, for example, when I'm recording a video, uh, I can, like, bring up my phone. I can set up my composition looking at my phone, make you know, figure out where I need to stand or whatever. I can tap on my face and then hit record, stick my phone in my pocket, and I can, I can start and stop all my video from my phone. And then like, like you, Jeff, when I'm at a sporting event or something, or let's say I'm on a photo trip and I want to like, you know, just quickly look at all the, the photos I have taken that day while I'm laying in bed at the hotel or whatever, I can just uh, connect really quickly. Like I turn my camera on, my Wi-Fi turns on. Unless I turn it off, I can connect to it, open the app, and then I can scroll through all my, all my photos. I click on which one I might want to put on my phone and I hit the button to send to my phone and it happens pretty quickly. Yeah. And then that, that's one of the, the only reason I have Lightroom on my phone, Lightroom mobile. Right. It's so I can edit those photos after I send it to my phone, like, you know, add a little contrast or whatever. Right. And, and kind of, because whatever it sends over from the camera is always so flat and lifeless. I don't know if you've experienced that, but uh, whatever it sends over to your phone, when you download a photo from your camera, it's so flat and lifeless and just dull. 
And that's why <clears throat> that's the whole reason I have to edit before I upload or mm. share anything from my phone. Yeah. It, yeah. I, yeah. I wish well, it worked like that. <laughs> Nick, I must admit that I am jealous of the 5D4 right now um, because not only does it have Wi-Fi built in, uh, which also Fuji has, but Fuji has no GPS on it. it mm, yeah. And for this app, for the really good photo spots app, like drives me absolutely nuts to not have wi-fi uh on the camera so uh definitely uh something i would love to have that's well, gonna turn into gems like psa like everybody please turn your gps on on your cameras please <laughs> I, I already have a note to remind everybody when the app launches um okay well we want to talk a little bit about drones in the second half of this episode but before we get there i want to take a second and thank backblaze for sponsoring this episode of the podcast backblaze is really about giving you peace of mind you have important files and photos on your mac or pc and you have to have a backup and the best way to backup is when you can have one copy local on your computer and one off-site backup with a totally different style and that is what backblaze can give you starting at just five bucks a month it can back up all your music photos videos drawings project whatever documents you have on your computer and it can back them up remotely jeff i know you use backblaze so what's your experience been like yeah, the thing I've, I've liked best about it is the uh, the client that it uses to sync all your backups. It's a set it and forget it kind of client. It's great. So you can say, here's my folders that I want to back up. And it's just constantly watching those folders and constantly backing them up. You can set a schedule like I don't want my internet to be used during the day so that I'm not competing with it, but just run all night. It has lots of good options. It's seem, It's just always working. It's uh, it's really nice that way. I really like that. Very cool. Backblaze has already restored over 20 billion files, and someday a failure may be coming to you. It's time to get backed up today. You can even get a 15-day free trial by going to backblaze.com slash improve. Go there, play with it, start protecting all of your most important files in just a few minutes. Just make sure you visit backblaze.com slash improve so they know where you came from and to keep supporting the show. Start today. All right. I mentioned that I just got back from a trip to Ireland and for the very first time ever uh, on any of my trips, uh, half of the photos in my portfolio did not come from my serious camera. It came from a drone. And that number, uh, you know, I bought the DJI Phantom 1 and it was interesting, but so many problems to get a reasonable image from it just didn't really work. And the 3 was a lot closer, but not quite there. And so I want to share with you nine reasons now is the time to buy a drone. And it's a convenient time to be talking about this because, uh, Nick, you just picked up the Mavic Pro. I did. I've got it right here. Cute little guy. Isn't that, isn't that cute? Look at the size of <laughs> just, this tiny little just camera. Just pet him for us. <laughs> and so it's like a really cliche thing to say. <laughs> it's a really cliche thing to say that the best camera that you have is the one that you have on you. But that really is true when it comes to drones because that was the biggest issue I had was that I never had it on 
Um, I had the Phantom Four, and I just never took it anywhere, especially when I was traveling and flying on airplanes and stuff. So this thing is small enough that I can actually take it on and uh, like stuff it in my camera bag. Um, so so far, I really like it. I've only like had it within the week. Um, seems to fly well. Image quality seems to be good, but I'll report more on that later. But yeah, really excited to uh, start taking this thing with me uh, when I'm doing my vlogs and stuff. Yeah. So portability is one of those nine reasons. No question. The DJI Phantom hasn't really changed in for in in the form factor in since it started. It really looks yeah. uh, it looks sleeker, uh, more alien, but the size is about the same <laughs> as the original Phantom. Um, but the image quality and the you know the capabilities of the software that kind of stuff has just shot up in that meantime. So yeah. portability is definitely one. So you mentioned travel with it. I I just took this to Ireland and. You can't bring your batteries, obviously. You can't check them. You can't check your, your lithium, lithium ion, your, your drone batteries. However, you can bring them with you in a carry-on, and actually you can bring a lot of them um, in a carry-on. And the, the drone batteries, even of the Phantom, are not too big. They have So there are certain size limitations that TSA will let you uh, take on, and, and the drone batteries actually aren't even quite approaching the limit. So you're just fine to bring them, even though they're large batteries, in your carry-on. Um, and so what I did is I checked my drone in my suitcase. So I had a bigger a suitcase. Thing. Yeah, it is scary. <laughs> uh, I checked my, my drone in my suitcase with all my clothes and stuff around it. So it was in this, this DJI backpack, which was in a larger suitcase with clothes all around it. So I wasn't really worried about it. You know, it, it, that, that's fine with me. I'm, I wasn't too concerned about that. And then I just took my, my, uh, batteries with me on the airplane. Now that works great when you're shooting out of a car, like we were in Ireland most of the time. You know, we're shooting out of the car, we're driving up to a place, maybe walking in a quarter mile, whatever, no big deal, and and you just bring it out there and shoot. The trouble is when you want to hike and shoot. Right. You know, when you want to hike in yeah. two miles, it's fine if you're only bringing a drone. It's fine when you're only bringing camera gear. It's not fine when you want to bring both. You have to like carry two bags or it just doesn't really work that well. And so that's the portability problem with the Phantom Pro um, is is that issue. But flying with it and stuff, I didn't have any issues, uh, any issues doing that. Okay, so portability, definitely reason to get there. But also the, the image quality. For the first time, for less than three grand, you can get like portfolio quality still images in a drone and that's why i picked the dji phantom pro 4 is the still image quality is really really good uh it's a one inch sensor and uh, i i was just super super impressed with it um i i got some pretty i think pretty cool photos uh with it and i was able to uh to get those because the still image quality is there the video quality has been there for a while that it was good enough i think but the mm -hmm. still image quality i think this is the first time for under three grand that you can do it and this is you know whatever was it 1400 for the dji phantom pro it's really incredible uh what what you can do now with uh with the cost coming down 
That's awesome. Okay, so cost is coming down. Portability and and cost is coming down. You can buy the Phantom Three standard for three hundred dollars. That's nuts! Amazing, <laughs> and the, and it has great video quality. Probably not there for stills for the discerning photographer, but for video, not a problem. Absolutely. Um, and if you're looking for your first drone, like the one that you know you're going to wreck, it's oh, smart yeah. to start off with one of those, you know, like one of the early generation phantoms, get used to it, get used to flying with it. And if you can work it your way through all of the little bugs and, and stuff that it has, by the time you upgrade to one of these that has sensors all the way around it and stuff, you're going to be a much better pilot. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and video, I think, is another reason, especially like if you're a vlogger or even if you're just on vacation, whatever, and you just want mm-hmm. kind of a cut together a cool video. Holy crap, the video you can <laughs> get from a drone. You can, I mean, you can just walk out to your mailbox and look epic if you're filming <laughs> exactly. on a drone it's just absolutely insane how cool it is the camera angles and things you can do you know even mm. if it's the family vacation whatever whoa the video is awesome yeah and if you're visiting like one of those once in a lifetime places it's so cool to like for example if you're hiking to a particular mountain peak or you know some really cool spot that you t- it took a lot of effort to get there how cool is it to like you know get a photograph from a distance of you up on this place with yeah. your family or whatever like that is a memory that you're going to remember like oh there we are on top of blah 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 you know it, there's it's such a great way to, um, you know, uh, remember that the, your really, you know, cool trips and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. I got some footage. We had, um, Neil on, on our trip to Ireland climbed on this tall kind of peninsula jetty thing going out into the water on this tall ma- a tall mountain right on the edge of the ocean and i just circled around him with the drone it just looks nuts how cool it is yep. it's just so so cool uh, it's awesome okay so video is one and that's one thing that i'll say is i am finding myself liking video more and more you know I, i'm a still image guy i like still photography more than video but every year i find myself dabbling more and more into the video it's just fun to kind of cut together a video um Mm -hmm. and and there were a lot of locations we visited where the picture was like meh it was neat to neat to see but it was like i'm just gonna view this one with my eyes you know i'm not gonna bring out the camera it just wasn't a composition whatever but the action or whatever was happening was awesome and you whip out the drone and do some video and suddenly you're able to make a cool image in a location that just wasn't quite amenable to to a still photo yeah okay next lower crash risk um and safety uh they're much easier to fly than the first phantom i i crashed that thing so many times and now they have obstacle avoidance you know they have sensors all over the place so that you don't crash into a wave which i almost did several times on this trip Um, (laughs) much much easier to to do Um, yeah uh, yeah there are just so many good good reasons to uh to get a drone and with them starting at 300 bucks for a dji phantom 3 standard it's just man sell a kidney kidnap a neighbor what do whatever you got to do but this is it belongs in every photographer's (laughs) camera case now yeah 
it's amazing how much fun drone photography is because it's like part toy, part, you know, photographic <laughs> tool, you know, uh-huh. it, throwing that, uh, throwing a drone into sport mode and flying it around. Like it's impossible not to be smiling the whole oh, time. Yeah. 45 so miles fun. an hour. It's zipping <laughs> exactly. around. It's crazy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's crazy. Like the, so the Mavic, um, one of the cool things that it, it can do now is the camera can go vertical and by shooting a vertical frame, that brings panoramas back into the realm of possibility because even though this doesn't have a ton of megapixels to play with, if I you know, switch over to a vertical orientation and shoot a panorama, I've just increased the megapixel count yeah. of my... Oh, that's cool. So that's something I'm excited about. Another thing that they've added to these, talking about the safety aspect, is that when they return to home, the obstacle avoidance is turned on now. So it's not just going to, yeah. you know, fly <laughs> right into a tree. <laughs> you don't have to make sure that you set your return to home at like 1000 feet or whatever, like to fly over everything. Um, so it'll avoid obstacles. Also <clears throat> yeah, on this one, when you first take off, it, it'll, if you let it hover there for like 30 seconds, it'll actually look down and memorize where it took off from. That way, when you return to home, it will actually look return down. Return point has been updated. That's what right. it says and every it, time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it'll actually land in the exact spot, not just like the, you know, the area, but like the exact spot. You can take off on, you know, the, the box that it came on, came in, and it'll land exactly on that because it wow. photographed the area below it and it'll land exactly where it took off from. We've got so many crazy features. No. Uh, it's it's crazy and they really are down to the price point that you can pick some of them up for the price of a lens I, oh man it's it's just so cool i can hardly sleep at night because i want i just <laughs> i, I want to play with it yeah. all right a couple uh quick announcements uh, just a lot of stuff is going on in improved photography and and you guys are i, I would like to keep you guys kind of informed about what's going on um first of all you're going to notice this podcast for the first time in five years i launched this podcast five years ago um it is going to have new itunes artwork uh the only reason i tell you about that is uh improved photography is getting a new logo and when you open your podcast player next week you may not recognize the logo so don't freak out it's us we just uh, are changing the logo up um Number two, next week's podcast is not going to be a normal podcast. It's actually going to be the opening presentation from the Improved Photography Retreat. So it won't be kind of the normal format. Um, Also at the retreat, somebody's hair or beard, I might add, will be pink. (laughs) This is the pink beard challenge that we talked about in a podcast. Oh, what six eight months ago? Oh, a long time I don't even ago. I remember what the what is the challenge exactly? It's, it's to- I think it's you, me, Sandy, and and Connor, uh, and it was we all just take a picture in front of everybody. You got to come up with it kind of on the fly, um, and whoever takes the worst picture as voted by the audience has to dye their hair pink. <laughs> so I bought pink hair dye. I will not be using it. This is not going to happen. I will win. I will win. <laughs> but uh, just don't be alarmed next week when you sign on to the podcast and you see Nick's pink beard. 
Uh, All right. Um, In the last podcast, I put out a call for writers on improvedphotography.com. We received over 90 people uh, who sent in applications. I wish I could take that many. Um, But I just wanted to mention that we got some amazing writers coming for the website, but I have just been way too busy. I can't respond yet. So hold off. If you haven't heard back from me, it just means that um and also uh new courses went up on improved photography plus this week nick i think you have one up yeah what, what we it? record it them is, long in advance i know uh, we but, record them long in advance but i think this is your uh your uh, post-processing yeah. kind of start to finish yeah it was uh landscape photography advanced uh photoshop technique so i talked about let's see i talked about uh focal length blending which is blending which two is cool. lengths together. And uh, I talked about HDR panoramas, basically how to exposure blend panorama shots. And I also talked about using different uh, blending modes in Photoshop when you're adding uh, light painted frames into an astrophotography image. So I think it's four videos and yeah. It's up there. It's up on Improved Photography Plus now. If you're a member, you can get it. If you're not a member, go get your two-week free trial at improvedphotographyplus.com and uh, check it out. It was a really, really cool course. All right. In every episode, we share with you the doodads of the week. Mine is one we've already talked about. It's that Sony RX105. Pricey little sucker, but... Whoa, that is a nice point and shoot. I really am happy uh, happy with it. If it's something that kind of fits in your wheelhouse, not a replacement of a serious camera. Cool. Uh, mine this week is a little bit different. Uh, mine is actually Planet Earth 2. It's a show, but it is so inspiring to watch. Um, it's if Those of you that have seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's just a really, really well done uh I guess it's a series and every single shot in it is just so dramatic and beautiful and epic. It is the most inspiring thing in the world, even as a photographer to watch really good videography. So I've been watching it and loving it and like just wanting to travel. Uh, so mine is planet earth two, 2.0 or two or whatever. You guys should go watch it. It's really, really good. Cool. Yeah. I, I saw that. I think it's on Netflix. Um, Mm -hmm. As well as Earth's Natural Wonders, I will add to that. I watched that today during my lunch break. Earth's Natural Wonders on Netflix. Uh, It it really is. I'm with you, Nick. It's so inspiring and can really help you to create unique imagery by watching video. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very cool. One of the the coolest scenes from the the first episode is a time lapse of lava, like creating land. Nice. It's so, so cool. There's so much (laughs) good stuff on that. You got to go watch it. That is cool. All right. My doodad is the Lexar Jump Drive S45 128 gig drive. So uh, in preparation for the conference next week, (laughs) I... um, I was worried about how much disk space I was going to have on my MacBook Pro, which is the only computer I'll have down there. I'm going to bring an external drive because we're going to need a lot more than 128 gig, but I wanted to have something fast that uh, didn't take a lot of battery. I didn't have to get the big external drive out and, and use it. So this is just, you know, those uh, those little nubs that you used to use for wireless mice that you plugged into your computer and mm-hmm. it, it just barely sticks out. That's what this is like. 
Yeah, it's like the little nub you put in of a USB for a wireless mouse or something. Yep. You yep. mean the, you mean the thing that you lose? Yeah, <laughs> like that little thing. You, well, or or you just plug it in and, and leave it there all the time, so yeah. you can use wireless yeah. mouse. That's what this looks like. So yeah, you're giving up a USB port to do it, but it's just this little teeny tiny thing that you you put in. I've just I've had it in my MacBook all week, and uh, just you don't even notice it's there. But I have it's it's like almost doubled my drive space <laughs> by, by adding that little tiny nub to the, to the Mac. And it would work, of course, on Windows too, no problem. So that's my pick of the week that you can, you can uh, add that to get a lot more disk space for your photography. Very cool. Very cool. Well, guys, I am looking forward to shooting with you guys this week at the Improved Photography Conference. And if you missed out on ticket sales, it sold out a long time ago. Uh, I can't even remember when, several months ago anyway. Uh, but we will be having an Improved Photography re- Retreat in 2018. So maybe something you want to be planning forward um, to, to attend. Hey, thanks everybody for your support. It's it's awesome that we get to come together and, and share what we're learning with you. I'm anxious to meet up with you with a lot of you this week. And for the rest of you, we will see you in another seven days.